Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm so, I'm so excited. New location. New location. I'm so excited that you guys are tuning in. I mean, I don't even know what week it is uh, that we've been in quarantine, but uh, it is my absolute privilege that you would invite us into your home and you would take this time for us to have service and have church right there in your living room. And so we may not be able to hear your hallelujahs. We may not be able to hear your claps and the applause, but I want to encourage you to participate actively right now. You can, as a matter of fact, take some take some, some, some time to put your hands together, put those prayer emojis out, put the fire emojis. Let us know that you are participating participating and that you are actively listening. I'm so excited. And and if you are new to this experience, I want to encourage you to take a moment, uh, maybe right after after the service, you can go to kuhau.com slash new and fill out the connect card where we can get to know a little bit about you. And it's a new location and it's a new message that I believe that God has given me for our church community for the last eight weeks we unpacked love is our logo and recently the last two weeks we unpacked the after party which was just a panel discussion with our preachers club and we unpacked what love is our logo meant to us and i got some good news that we got some love is our logo t-shirts coming and i'm excited about that so you can put your order in and uh, we'll be giving some free t-shirts to our dream team Anybody that's been serving during during this time, uh, you get a free T-shirt. And uh, today, our topic is really one that I believe that that God has given me for this time. Um, I think that in these moments, that we want to be the kind of church community that really seeks God's advice. I don't want to be the kind of community that is just reacting at what's happening. I want to be the kind of church that really gets the download and the memo from God. And so I take my job as a pastor very seriously. Um, I really mean this when I say it, that being the pastor of Christ Uncensored is, is one of my greatest privileges. And, and the reason I take it seriously is because I believe that it's my assignment. And at the end of the day, this is who I am. I am a, a pastor of a local church called Christ Uncensored. And I want to do right by God and by our church community, by the people that God has entrusted me with to ensure that we all can respond to everything that's been happening in our world today. And I want to unpack two verses of scripture. And it's found in Mark chapter 15, verse 21. And it's really two verses, 21 and 22. But I'm going to read it from the the Living Bible translation. I'm also going to read it from the English Standard translation. So I want you to open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 15. And I'm just going to read it real quick. Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country just then, was pressed into service to carry Jesus's cross. Simon is the father. Look at this little detail. Simon is the father of Alexander and Rufus. Verse 22. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha. Golgotha means skull. Let's jump over to the English Standard Version, and it says, They compelled 
a passerby. I love that detail that the English Standard Version says. It says that Simon the Cyrene was a passerby. He was just there, just passing by, by chance. And he was coming in from the country. He's the father of Alexander and Rufus to carry his cross, his meaning Jesus. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means a place of a skull. I want to give you the title to today's message, and it's I am Simon. I am Simon. I think that after unpacking today's message, I think that we're all going to be able to relate to this man, Simon, who was kind of thrown into this moment where God inconveniently interrupts his life. I am Simon. And I want to give a quick shout out to our production team, Esme and Javi, holding it down. Let me hear the claps right there. Woo! In the building. Help me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can speak to our church. You can speak to our church. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that even in speaking to your church, you're using your church to speak to the world uh, through the means of technology. Um, and so I just pray, Lord, that your word may go forth. I thank you, Lord God, for giving me the privilege of pastoring this amazing church called Christ Uncensored. I pray that this word will go forth and pierce our hearts, Lord. Um, we can't change anybody, but your Holy Spirit can change anybody. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever encountered someone who is, who is constantly interrupting. Do you know that person? Like, you know the person that they're constantly interrupting. You often wonder, like, is this the, is this a person who's like, like, like no matter what you say, no matter what you, like, they're always cutting you off. They're always in, like, if you don't know that person, might be you. Just saying, it might be you. But you know the person, that person that you're about to say something, you know, and they say, well, let me tell you something. They cutting you off every single minute. Like I, I'm, I, sometimes I'm just like, listen, I'll, I'll just listen. I'll just, I'll stay here. I'm good listening. I don't need to be cut off every time I want to speak something. Um, but there's somebody that's always interrupting, but then there's people that are interrupting, but they're more like meddlers, right? Like they're just like, they're in the business. Like who invited you to this conversation, right? Like you're in the middle of a conversation and they just kind of interject themselves. But by the way, and it's like, no, nobody invited you into this conversation. So you're interrupting, you're interjecting your opinion and it was not invited. And, and it's, it's one thing for adults to do that, right? It's one thing for adults to do that, but it's another thing for kids to do that. Like, I promise you, like the way I was raised, if two adults, as me and Javi know exactly what I'm talking about, if two adults were speaking, right? If two adults were speaking and a child decided that it was a good idea to give his opinion and interrupt that conversation and interject his opinion, it was going to be a problem. The other day, I literally saw this. I saw a parent having a conversation with another you know what we call them, grown-ups, with another grown-up. And their child jumped into the conversation and said, well, let me tell. And the parent answered them. Do you know what that is? I looked at them like, look at my face. I was like this. You're just going to let that? We living in 2020. I'll tell you. Because the way I'm telling you, one time, my parents were talking. And all I did was say, I, I heard the conversation. I was like, Psh, that's true. And that's all I said. And you know what happened? I got the interruption smack. The backhand 
to the mouth. And I know that they call that child abuse, but back in the day, it was just called good parenting. And so I got the interruption smack. And I was just like, what was that for? Because you interrupt. And when grownups are speaking, you do not interrupt the conversation. And I'm like, I didn't even interrupt. I was ad-libbing. I was like, that's true. No interruptions were allowed. And I think this is important because when you think about interruption, well, what does it mean? It means to stop a person in the midst of doing or saying something. It's to cause a break or a discontinuance, an interference of action or speech. Can I give you a news flash today that I think our 2020 has been interrupted? Can I suggest to our church community, Christ Uncensored, and those that are listening, our Kuhau friends and family, online fam, can I suggest to you that, that God has interrupted our plans? That when we look at everything that's been happening and all that's been occurring, I, I want to suggest to us that God is interrupting our regularly scheduled program like yeah yeah we had our plans yet we had our schedules we had our agendas we we had our vision sunday we were getting ready to to reach staten island for jesus in the way that we saw fit in the way that we were strategizing pastors all around the region and in the country we we had our plans you had your goals for 2020 but somehow right smack in the middle of our 2020 god might just be interrupting everything that we had already been planning for can I suggest to you today, let me give you a little detail or uh, let me help you discover a little bit of who God is. God is an interrupter. Ooh. I said God is, hear me, God is an interrupter. God will meddle in our affairs. He will discontinue our plans. He will abruptly interrupt he would abruptly get in the middle of our daily schedules he will sound the alarm and grab our attention but let me tell you also it is also good news because if god sees it fit to interrupt our plans if god sees it fit to meddle in our affairs it means that he has not forgotten us it means that we are not a footnote in god's agenda that god sees it fit to interrupt because he hasn't forgotten we're not an afterthought and because he wants to startle us up and wake us up rather than allow us to passive, passively live in the chaos we call normal god interrupts us and our story today serves as a great example of God's interruption it's a man by the name Simon oh this this character um, that we're focusing on today uh, um, he's experiencing a major interruption like, like let me give you the background let me just set the scene real quick so so after jesus is betrayed he is then arrested and he's arrested and not only put in prison but jesus is now sentenced to death but he's not only sentenced to death he's sentenced to exec execution and what's the means of execution? It's crucifixion. It's capital punishment. Jesus is going to be executed. He's going to be crucified. This word crucifixion is where we get our word excruciating, which, which would suggest to us that it's the amount of pain that you would go through when you were being crucified. It's that's where we get our word excruciating from. It originated to describe this idea of crucifixion. And when you were sentenced, when you were a prisoner, 
and you were sentenced to crucifixion, it would begin with, with you getting beaten to a bloody pulp by the soldiers, the Roman soldiers. And they would see the prisoner and they would take turns on, on beating Jesus or beating the prisoner up. It would go from being getting beat up to getting flogged. And when you would get flogged, this term flogged, it means that you would get beat about 40 times with a whip. Not just any other whip, not just any whip. It was, it was called the, the cat of nine tail, tails. It was a whip that had about nine tails at the end of it. And on the end of it, it had pieces of uh, or fragments of bones. And it was intentionally created that way so that when the Roman soldier would whip the prisoner, these pieces of bones would attach itself to the skin of the prisoner and it would rip the skin off the prisoner. Uh, it me patches of skin were being removed off the, the prisoner. And then in Jesus's case, a, a crown of thorns was placed on his head, which would be embedded into his forehead, creating massive lacerations, multiple lacerations. Now, uh, I don't do much. The three things that I do good is <clears throat> watch UFC or mixed martial arts preach and look good. Those are the only three things I know how to do good. All right. Mixed martial arts, preach and look good. I know, I know you're thinking the same thing, but that's besides the point. I just got my blue belt. I'm just saying, just got my blue belt. Watch out, but oh, glory to God. And G and in, in, in UFC, when someone gets a massive laceration, you might not know this, but they bring a doctor and one laceration could cause the, 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 the fight to stop. I want you to picture Jesus wearing this crown of thorns where multiple lacerations are on his face, which would mean to us that he was bleeding from top to bottom of his face, that all you saw when you saw his face, it was so disfigured that you would see just bleeding all over his face. One laceration can cause that on a UFC fighter or a mixed martial arts fighter. Jesus had multiple, not only a crown of thorns, but now it is also that Jesus has the responsibility of carrying about a hundred to 150 pound cross. And what they would do is that they would parade the prisoner throughout the city of Jerusalem uh, to show Roman authority, to show Roman power. And they would take, this is what happens when you disobey our law. This is what happens when you try to um, go against the Roman government and they would take the prisoner and they would parade him around the city of Jerusalem, but they would not execute him there. They would take him outside the city of Jerusalem and they would crucify you in a hill called Golgotha. And when you were crucified in the hill of Golgotha, you were nailed to a cross or tied to a cross, but then you would not die by any of these means, though they were all torturous. You would die through suffocation. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Can you imagine that Jesus was in a position that he couldn't breathe? This is what, what, this is what crucifixion was. I think that's relevant to to what's happening in our world. Jesus experienced even that moment. I can't breathe. And, and right before Jesus gets, and, and that's how they would, the prisoner would die. He would die from suffocation or asphyxiation. He couldn't breathe. But right before this moment, there's this moment where as they leave the city of Jerusalem, 
there's a man who's passing by. He's like, he's just kind of like there by chance. You know what I mean? Like he's there kind of like by, by, he's just passing by Jerusalem. Like he doesn't belong there. He's not supposed to be there. And I like the way the English translation or the English standard translation says it. He said, he's a Simon the Cyrene. He's a, he was a passer buyer. And then he's called on by a Roman soldier. Hey, hey, you. Me? Yeah. Like you ever been, you ever been that guy, you know, they were calling you, but you were just trying to keep it moving. You know what I mean? Like, right there, like they, you know, they're calling like that happens to our kids all the time, right? Like, hey, you know, I'm talking to you. Like that happened to me the other day. Like my brothers are like, hey, we're going to go get pizza in this neighborhood that let's just say I got jumped three times when I was a kid. And I didn't want to go back to that neighborhood. And I know I'm a bluebird and all that. But, you know, anyway, so we're going to this neighborhood and I'm just like, all right, let's just go get this pizza and let's go. Like, I, I don't even want to cross. Let's just get this pizza. I know. Don't judge me. I was just like, let's just go to this. <laughs> let's just go to this pizza shop and let's just get it. And sure enough, my older brother is saying What's up to everybody in there, mama? And he's like, yo, what's up? And he's just like walking and people are coming out their house. And he's like the mayor in this neighborhood. Hey, what's up? What's going on? And he's, how's everything? How's everything, right? And I'm just like, yo, look, can we just go get this pizza, bro? Can we just go get this pizza, right? And sure enough, as we are returning with the pizza boxes, they call me, hey, you. And I'm just like, I know they're not talking to me, Lord. I'm just keeping it moving. And it's a group of people, they're, 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 they're band together and they're like, hey, you. And I'm just like, oh, this is the day. This is, and I'm just keeping it moving. Like I just, I have somewhere to go. I have places to be and I don't want to be stopped right now. And sure enough, like I'm making believe like I'm not, and sure enough, they, they caught on to me and I hear their steps right behind me because they're running after me. And I'm just like, oh Lord, finally turn around. All right. I turn around. Hey, you. And I was like, yo man, I like your shirt. I said, okay, you can get this shirt. It's from I am brand. I sent them to the I am clothing line. And they liked the sweater that I was wearing, but I didn't want to be stopped. Like, and this is Simon. Simon's like, hey, you. It's like, nope, nope, nope. Put the blinders. Like, I'm not, I'm not for this. Like, this is Simon. Like, now, why? Because Simon is not, Simon is not, a, is, he's not a part of this. He's, he's not a part of the group that's going for this crucifixion. He's just passing by. The Bible gives us this detail for a reason. It says that he was from the, from, from the country. Uh, particularly, he was Simon the Cyrene, which is, located in northern Africa, uh, which is what our t uh, today, our, what Libya would be today. And the Bible says that, that he travels to Jerusalem. And now, now, why is he there? Well, because it's Passover. And so what would it, there was a colony of, of Jews in this area of Cyrene. And what they would do is that it was kind of like this once in a lifetime trip. Like we're going to make it to, we're going to make this pilgrimage to, to the city of Jerusalem because it's our, it's our delight. It's our joy to, to want to give our devotion to God. Like we want to give God our best. And so we're going to go to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. This is a once in a lifetime moment that Simon is experiencing to show his devotion to God. And sure enough, he's not coming alone. I mean, this takes massive preparation. The, the amount of preparation that it took to, to, to partake in this trip and make it all the way to Jerusalem. It's about anywhere between 500 to 800 mile a journey. And sure enough, he took, he takes his family. He's like, hey, we're finally going to go to Jerusalem for Passover and give our devotion to God and fulfill our religious service. And then he is interrupted 
like he's just he's just a man that's an ordinary man who's about his business and he's a passerby, but he's conv- he's confronted with an inconvenient task. Hey, you, sir. Hey, you, me? Yeah, you. Like, I need you to go help that, like who, this, this criminal? No, like, I, I, I can't do that right now. Like, I, I, I have to go. Like, I'm here to give my devotion to God. Like, I can't, I can't. Uh, like you want me to okay I'll pick up his cross but I'm not how far do I have to go like from here to Golgotha is about a mile or two miles away like I can't make that trip I'm just trying like has has that ever been you like I just don't have time for this right now it's not that I'm mean it's not that I'm I'm rude I just I don't have time for this right now like I, I wish I could tell you that Simon was eager to serve in this moment See, I think you and I would have been eager to serve because we would have known that this was our Savior. But in that moment, he didn't know that this was our Savior. In this moment, he is just being inconveniently interrupted. Like, I made it. I have plans. I have my agenda. I have my schedule. Like, you don't understand right now. I can't do this. Like, what in the world? Like, what in the world is happening? Like, like I'm just passing by. (laughs) How did this happen? Like, I am now carrying the cross of a criminal to his death like how did I how did I get involved in this thing like like if that would have been me I'm like what in the world is happening right now like I'm just trying to fulfill my religious obligation and what was he being asked he was being asked to do something messy something ugly but his greatest privilege came through his greatest interruption Ooh, his greatest privilege came through his greatest interruption. Though he could not see it at the moment, he was being asked to do something difficult, something messy, something dirty. Like, I, I can't pick up his, this cross right now. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, this is a criminal. And, and, and I see the people and people are cursing at this guy. I see the spit that's being spit on this dude. Like, I see the rocks that are being like, I I don't want to be associated with this criminal. Matter of fact, look, like, look how bloody he is. Like, I can't take this right now. Like, look how bloody he is. Like, if I get that blood on me, hear me. Like, if I get that blood on me, I won't be able to participate in the Passover because I will be labeled unclean. If his blood touches me, I will be labeled unclean and I won't be able to participate in the Passover. Little did he know that it was that same blood that would be for the fulfillment of the Passover. For the Passover was only a shadowing of who was to come and the one whom he was helping carry the cross was the fulfillment of the ritual that he was trying to partake in. I can't help to read this story and hear these words and think I am Simon. Like how many times has this been me? Like how many times have I, have I properly prepared my schedule? How many times have I have I have my ten point outline on and, and my predeterminations of what my life is going to look like? I have set my religious obligations. I have already predetermined what I am going to do for God and what I'm not willing to do for God. And Lord, I'm willing to go here, but you know. Uh, I'm not willing to go over there. Like, I'm willing to do, like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, Lord, I want, like, have you ever had that conversation with God? Like, Lord, I'll do anything but that. Like, Lord, I'll do anything but that. Have you ever had that combo, God? Lord? <laughs> 
not right now. Lord, any, just not right now. Like, I, you want me to go help that criminal carry his cross? He deserves carrying that cross. Why should I help him? He deserves carrying the cross of his consequences. And then we look at people and then instead of just running towards people's hurt, we try to rationalize why we wouldn't help them and be interrupted because they might deserve the consequences they're, they're in. And I've had that conversation with God, Lord, I'll do anything but that. Like, like we sing the songs, Lord, I give myself away. Javi, you don't need to lead worship, I got this. I give myself away so you can use me. And then God interrupts our schedule. He says, I want to use you. You say, just not right now. I'm too busy. <laughs> like, Lord, I'll do anything but that. Lord, really? Like, you want me to do that? Like, you really want me to do that? You want me to go and help a sinner that, that is getting what they deserve? That is, like, I know they're hurting. I know that, I know that they can barely pick up the cross that's been assigned to them, but they deserve carrying that. You really want, really, God? You want me to show love and kindness to someone I don't even know? Really, God, you, you really want me to forgive the person who abused me when I was eight years old? Really, God, anything but that, Lord, anything but that. Really, God, you're like, you, want me to, you want me to be a fully committed disciple? Is there any part of my life that I can keep to myself, God? That you really, you want everything? Really, you want me to... You want me to serve, serve more than what I'm serving now? You want me to give more than what I'm giving now? Like I already had this predetermined amount that I'm gonna give. I already had this predetermined amount of time that I was willing to give, but now you are interrupting my life. Now you're getting in the way of my plans and I'm okay with doing your will as long as I'm in agreement with your will. But the moment you interrupt, like I'm just trying to give my devotion and be part of this Passover. I didn't come to Jerusalem to help some prisoner pick up his cross. But then I've also realized something about God. So often God is trying to interrupt us, but we're programmed by the ordinary and the regular. And I realize that most of God's moments where he is glorified come through the means of an interruption. And I'm just like, God, interrupt me, Lord. Lord, interrupt my life. Interrupt me, Lord. Bother me with your nudges of purpose. Lord, insert yourself to ruin my schedule. Lord, break through my tradition and my perspectives and interrupt my paradigms. Lord, meddle in my mundane routines. Lord, interrupt me, Lord. Lord, I, I don't know about you, but I, I hear this and I say, Lord, I want to welcome your interruptions because your interruptions are filled with purpose. And when I look at God, you can look at the scriptures and so often the story of God's, of, of the story of God is wrapped up in an interruption. Like, just look no further than Mary had her own plans. Interruption, bloop, pregnancy. Oh, look no further. Oh, you want to go further? Look no further than Abraham. Abraham, oh, I'm chilling. Look at this land right here. I'm, oh, it's beautiful land. Hey, I want you to pick up and leave. Okay, where are we going? Uh, I'll tell you when you get there. Interruption. 
Oh, you want to see Moses? Moses was shepherding a flock. Hey, hey. Interruption. Look at that burning bush. Gideon was in a wine press. Hey, excuse me. Hey, I'm, I need you to lead an army. Uh, army? Like, I'm good at the wine press. Yeah, interruption. Look at Peter. Huh? Fishing. Interruption. Fisherman of men. Look at Saul. He was on his way to get consent so that he can put Christians into prison. He was so devoted and determined to execute Christians. He says, I'm gonna give my entire life to making sure that this message of Jesus does not spread interruption. And he becomes one of the most committed people to spreading the gospel of the grace of God. God in the entire ancient world. 75% of our Bible is written by this man who had already predetermined prior to the interruption that he would do anything to stop this gospel. Interruption. I am Simon. And so I thank God for his interruptions. I thank God that when I had my plans set, that he threw a curveball, and that third that curveball was just asking me to change my course. I want to tell you today that that God is interrupting us. He, he's interrupting our regularly scheduled program, and instead of us trying to fight it and trying to say, "How do we get back to normal? How do we how do we do?" I just want to live here for a second, because maybe just maybe, I'm like Simon. And sh I shouldn't be so concerned with trying to get my agenda of being part of Passover. That's all he ever wanted, just to be part of the Passover. He finally gets his opportunity and it's stripped away from him. But why? Because God was trying to change his course. I don't want to try to fight God's interruptions anymore. I want to welcome them. And, and I think that we can all see God's hand after the interruption, right? Like when we, when we see what happens, like we all know that now Jesus, this cross, we would have all jumped to this opportunity to carry Jesus's cross. And, and I think that hindsight is 2020. Like we could look back and be like, yo, man, I, this is amazing. Like Simon would have seen now like, oh, wow, like this is now my life changing. And I think that we know this because um, the Bible puts this detail. Mark, the writer of, of, the, of this gospel account, uh, puts this detail. He says, hey, this man, Simon, was the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, usually you don't see like a detail like that in the scriptures. You usually see, hey, this was the son of. But in this case, you see it differently. You see that he's saying, hey, this is the son. This is the father of Alexander, which which many scholars and commentators, uh, most of them believe that the reason that's there is because Mark is writing to people that would know Alexander and Rufus and they would know them personally or they would know them by reputation. But it's like, yeah, you, you know, you know, Rufus and yeah, his dad, like his dad helped Jesus carry the cross. Like that's his story. And I just like, man, I can't. I think about this story and I'm just like, can you imagine that story? Can you imagine Simon telling 
his story of salvation to Alexander and Rufus. See, like many scholars believe that they're even referred to uh, church tradition holds that Alexander and Rufus became uh, really well-known missionaries in the early church. Uh, they, were, they were really prominent church leaders in the early church. Uh, many scholars even believe that they're the ones that are referred to in the book of Acts and in the book of Romans, Alexander and Rufus. They believe that these are Simon's two children. And that's why it's put there in the account of Mark. That's why it's there. And I just can't, I just, I just look at that story and I say, man, could you imagine just, can you just imagine sitting on daddy's lap and daddy telling you that story? Can you imagine just hearing that? It's like, hey, you, you know, like I, I, I brought you guys and I was, I was headed to celebrate the Passover and we finally were going to Disney World. We were finally going to Disney World. And when I was going to Disney World, I, I was just going there to just kind of like fulfill this long time dream to go to Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, like this crazy thing happened to me. All of a sudden, this Roman guard comes and tells me, hey, you, I want you to pick up this criminal's cross. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I ain't going to pick up no criminal's cross. He's like, hey, you better pick up a criminal's cross or you'll be the one that's being in, thrown in prison. And so I just, I just said, oh, I can't believe this. And then I began to carry the cross, but I quickly began to realize like, wait, this is, this man is different. This man is different. Like this is, this is not the guy that, that people say he is. And, and he, I realized he wasn't a criminal. And at one point we locked eyes and I, and I knew that he could barely see me because he was bloodied up. But somehow though he couldn't see me, I felt like he knew me. And at first I thought that his blood, his blood would make me unclean and it would disqualify me. Alex, Alex, Rufus, I want you to hear this. Like I thought it was, I thought it would disqualify me from partaking of the Passover. But then I realized that after carrying this cross and I saw this man die in front of my face and he was crucified, that that very blood that I thought that would make me disqualified and unclean is the very blood that would, that would make me whole and perfect and would wash my sins away. Can you imagine the story he tells his children? That I realized that it's only that blood that makes me clean. And, and my greatest privilege, my greatest honor, Alex and Rufus, my greatest honor came through this random, what seemed like by chance, interruption. And, and, and you know why you, you serve God today, Alex and Rufus? Because I was interrupted. I was inconveniently interrupted and I just think that when we hear this many of us that are listening to this message right now would jump to the opportunity to help Jesus carry his cross Simon Simon did it as a matter of fact when I prepared this message I was preparing this message and before I even read the text I had it in mind that that Simon was, for some reason, I thought that Simon was initially willing. He was the initiator, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't jumping to this opportunity. He didn't know that this was the savior of the world. He didn't know that this was the fulfillment of the Passover that he wanted to celebrate. He didn't know that he, the one that was carrying the cross, traveled more mileage than he did to get to him, more than he did to get to Passover. He didn't, he didn't know that. He was thrown into this thing. 
I think you and I have the foreknowledge that this is the savior of the world. And we say, man, like, God, if I would have just had the opportunity to help you carry the cross, like I would have done it in a heartbeat. Like I would like, that's my Jesus. That's my savior. Like, do you know what this means? And like, we would all jump to that opportunity. And I, I want to tell you today that you can, you can, each of us can help Jesus carry his cross. See, Jesus physically was so beaten and battered that he could not carry the weight of a hundred pound cross. But that's because in the spirit realm, he was carrying the weight of our sins so that we today can bear the burdens of others and help others carry their cross. And in doing so, what's the secret? How can I help Jesus? How can I run to the opportunity of helping Jesus carry the cross? I think Jesus gives us a cheat code in Matthew chapter 25. Can I tell you the cheat code? Real quick, write this down. Up, up, down, left, right, left, right, left, right. Here it is, A, B, A, B, A, B. This is the cheat code. Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 and 40. And I'm reading from the message translation. It says, then the king will say to those in the right, enter who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. Here's why. Here's why. Because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you wasn't, you wasn't trying to find out why I was shivering and why I was hungry and why you wasn't questioning me. You just came and gave me clothes. I was sick and you wasn't giving me a, a lesson on why I was sick and how I needed to treat my body. But no, no, you, you stopped and you visited me while I, and watch this. I was in prison. I was a criminal and you came to visit me. You didn't come to judge me. You didn't come to say you deserve to be in prison. You, you, you visited me. Now, I love the disciples. They're like, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you to drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to see you? Like, And then the king will, king will say, I'm telling you the truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, here's a cheat code. That was me you did it for. That was me. You did it for. Yeah. Let me pull back the curtain. That was me. Oh yeah. When you, when you did it for any of these, Lord Jesus, when were you discriminated on God? When were you discriminated on and we came to your aid? Oh, when the black community was hurting because of racism and you came by their side to serve them. When those that were hurting and in pain and being affected, that you didn't try to find out why they were in their situation, but you just simply helped them out of their situation. Oh, you remember that time that you went to the hospital? Yeah, I, I know it was late at night and it was just random and, and you had your schedule already set for the next morning and you knew you needed to be up and early and, and you found out that that person was in the hospital and you couldn't do it. Remember when you went and visited them? Let me tell you a little secret. That was me. You helped me carry my cross. You remember when you, 
when you barely had money and you had you just bought your lunch you were starving and you saw that homeless man that asked you for some food and You thought it was him, but it wasn't him. You were helping me carry my cross. You were Simon. You remember that interruption where, where it was late at night and you got, that, you got that urge to call somebody? You didn't know why. I'm like, why? it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Why am I going to call this person? I have to get up in the morning. They probably have to get up. And you called them, but you didn't know that they were battling with depression and suicide. You remember when you, call, you didn't call them. You called me. You helped me carry my cross. You remember that time that they needed money and, and you knew you weren't going to get that money back, but they asked you to borrow some money. Remember that when you loaned to them, it wasn't them. You were helping me carry my cross. Can I say something to us today, Christ Uncensored? Like God has thrown us a curveball. And I'm not saying that God has caused all these things, but he has surely allowed them to happen. We surely live in a broken world and things happen, but I also think that God is allowing these things to happen to wake us up from living in the chaos we call normal. Like the way we see life, the way we see church has changed right before our eyes. And and so I'm not looking to be committed and determined to fulfill the Passover, losing on the opportunity to simply help the one that has fulfilled Passover. God is interrupting our church. He's interrupting our schedule. He's interrupting. He's interrupting like God is looking to see right now. How do we respond to this pandemic? How do we respond to this murder of a man on live recording? How do we respond to every state in an uproar? God is interrupting our regularly scheduled program. And our job is to move towards the hurting. It's to help people carry their cross. And as we do, it's as we're doing it for God. It's as we're doing it for Jesus. So I want to be honest with you. like, It's not our job to try to figure out and decipher and see, pick and choose, well, who do we help and who do we serve and who do... He says, listen, if they're in prison, your job is not to find out why they were in prison. It's to visit them. Hey, if they're hungry, feed them. But when you do, let me tell you, secret code, you're helping me carry my cross. Because Simon would tell me, and he would tell you, that I was carrying his cross, but he carried my sins on that cross so that I now can live and so that Rufus and Alex could live. Our generations are gonna change because of this interruption in 2020, hear me. And I wanna be honest, we don't have all the answers, but we do have the answer how we're supposed to respond to moments like this. The Bible makes it very clear. You're hungry, we feed you. You're thirsty, we give you to drink. You're homeless, we give you shelter. You're without clothes, we, sh- we give you clothes. You're, you're sick, we visit you. You're in prison, we stand by you. That is the job of God's 
followers, Jesus followers. And I want to pray for us today. And maybe you're here right now and, and, um, and you're saying, like, I am Simon. And, I'm take, and, I, and I've been trying to fight this current of 2020. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to fight against it. I'm trying to fight what's happening. I just want to go back to normal. And I think that God doesn't want us to go back to normal. I think God wants us to receive this interruption. Because I think that in this interruption and how we respond to this interruption is how we are going to see his name be glorified. So I want to pray for us today. Maybe today you want to take up the opportunity to follow Jesus. You're hearing, who is this man that Simon once thought was a criminal but ended up realizing that he was the savior of the world? Who is this man? And Maybe that's what you're asking today, and so I want to pray for you. So if that's you, if you're saying, Pastor Roe, I, I think like I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing this moment in my heart. I don't know what it is, but I know that God is, is meddling in my plans. I want to pray for you. And if that's you, would you be willing to raise up your hand? Just raise up your hand right there where you are at the count of three, one, two, Three, lift up your hand. I want, you, I want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. And this prayer is just, it's just confirming what God has done in your heart, what God is doing in your heart, and he'll continue to do for the next few, for the rest of your life. Repeat this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Thank you for dying for me on this cross and resurrecting on the third day. From this day forth, I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.